Hello, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good today, Ryan. How are you doing? Doing well myself. And today we are returning uh, to a spicy, I believe you have mentioned this before, but uh, uh, making comprehensive of a spicy uh, remark and position held by uh, one Todd McGowan, uh, that post-structuralism does not exist. Now, I say that provocatively. You probably will, too. Uh, this whole episode is going to get into uh, this... I mean, what is it? Do you want, like, nomenclature, term, periodization? Uh, yep. Uh, cl- uh, cl- all those things. All those things. Um, it is... In literary studies, there are uh, common... Uh, it, it's very common to have, uh, like, disputes over the names of, of periods or, like, groups of writers. This happens a lot in poetry. Like, uh, San Francisco Renaissance is a really great example. Donald Allen names a group of poets... Uh, including Kenneth uh, Rex Roth, uh, Jack Spicer, uh, who, who else am I thinking of? Uh, um, uh, uh, Robert Duncan um, as being part of uh, the the San Francisco Renaissance, and uh, it's a kind of a the accusation after he does this in a 1960 uh, edited collection of poetry called the New American Poets. Uh, the claim has been made like after the fact that like he invented this group that like they didn't exist before he named them exactly. They were in, in time, uh, in, in the same place, a lot of them, uh, for the same period of time, but, um, Spicer and Duncan, and, uh, there's another person I'm forgetting. They, they did call themselves the Berkeley Renaissance cause they all met up, uh, around the, um, the Berkeley area. Interestingly, uh, Todd, I don't know if you know this, Spicer lived in a boarding house with Philip K. Dick for a period. I did not know that. Isn't, wow. that, cra- isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, and so there's this, um, the, one of the things with, um, with Duncan and, um, and God, I'm forgetting the third and that's going to drive me crazy until later. Uh, there's a third guy with a uh, Spicer in the Berkeley, uh, Renaissance. They were all, uh, gay poets, uh, in the, you know, in writing in the fifties and they were tracing this, uh, queer genealogy of poetry from like Arthur Rimbaud and like Lorca. And, and th- this was like really crucial to, uh, the Berkeley Renaissance and, and like what they were practicing as poets. And then I think part of the accusation against what Donald Allen does is that like, there's a bit of an erasure of that when it gets lumped into San Francisco Renaissance. And uh, e- even though, you know, Kenneth Rex Roth was like an incredible leftist, uh, but the, that sort of like queer uh, thread that was with Spicer and, and, and those other guys uh, is sort of left a little bit. So as a very specific example of uh, from from poetry but uh, i've set this up this way to say that like these ca- kinds of conversations happen all the time uh, with uh, literary uh, uh periods and like anthology wars and things like that doesn't happen that often in philosophy so it right. so i think where we're coming at this i mean you and i both have literature degrees but um it may you know, once like a, like there is this thing, I, I think in, in, in philosophy, like where like once a, a period or a group of, of thinkers is named, it's like, that's kind of it. And we don't really, uh, reinterrogate that, but you think that it's, uh, not just, not just that we can do this, but that we, we must do this. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that whenever a new name gets added, I think one of the things is that we assume something new in the thought has been added mm. right that 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 there's something okay post added to structuralism so there's something that post structuralism does that 
structuralism doesn't do. So let's take a look. What does structuralism do? So structuralism says main proponents, probably Ferdinand de Saussure, although he's very early, much earlier than Claude Lévi-Strauss is the other one. And Saussure is basically a philosopher of language. Lévi-Strauss is an anthropologist, actually, and, and, and is looking at the societal structures, whereas Saussure is looking at the linguistic structures. And there, and and Saussure's main claim mm-hmm. is that the semiotic system is a system of pure difference, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the that's the big takeaway from Saussure. Like <laughs> I was reading or watching someone give a thing on Saussure, and they they're like, he tells us that a thing is not a thing until we isolate it with the word. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, that's not it at all. <laughs> uh, uh, the point is just that that signification functions through differences rather than through reference. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you, it, it, in a way, that's doesn't. It, 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 I think it cuts against common sense. We because I I look out and I see a tree mm-hmm. and I say, oh, the word tree must correspond to the tree. But Saussure's point is. No, it's only through what you know the the tree isn't, like the grass and the house, all the other signifiers, that that signifier comes to be defined. So it's def- every signifier is defined negatively mm-hmm. for Saussure, not through a positive reference to a reference. So mm-hmm. one of the things that he also does, and other people had done this before him, is distinguish between the referent, which would be the object out in the world, and then the signified, which is our idea in our head, and then the signifier, which is the word that we use to to attach to that signified. And what Saussure says is basically those other two realms don't count for so much. Mm-hmm. So so the referent and the signified, it's not just that he leaves the referent out, which he does. He also kind of leaves the signified out because mm-hmm. his point is, no, it's just how the signifiers relate to each other. And then that's going to have incredible perf- importance for I mean, it's important for Levi Strauss, but it's also important for subsequent thinkers. And and the point is, do they really break from that idea? Mm-hmm. Do they really break from that idea? I mean, one thing that's important. Levi Strauss was more vocal about this than Saussure. I don't even think Saussure ever thought of it. But the structure, one of the things for the structuralist is that the structure doesn't have a subject. Mm-hmm. And I think. This is why you said something about Lacan and structuralism, which I think is pretty good because it, yeah. it, 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 he's, he's, he is, yes, a structuralist, but, and then you said what, what, oh, you said. yeah, in print, I have said this. Uh, Lacan is a structuralist of the real. That's my, that's my, my claim. Right. Which means he's a structuralist with the subject. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that's the, so that's why I think it's fair to say that there's this whole, uh, in France, structuralist tradition. And there's this whole phenomenological tradition coming from Husserl, but then coming into France through Beauvoir, Sartre, Merleau-Ponty, Camus, to the extent that he was a philosopher. Uh, and, and, and that, uh, those two things are, are held pretty vigorously apart, mm-hmm. except, for, except for Jacques Lacan. Yes. Right? Like he's, he, he, he takes subjectivity from the Sartrean, and then he side and then he takes the structure from the Caesarian side mm-hmm. and 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 comes with something else so post structuralism it's interesting cuz i think one of the big things that slavoj did in 1989 when he wrote sublime object of ideology was to say lacan is not a post structuralist mm-hmm. 
and I think we want to say, yeah, and no one is a post-structuralist. So we're just going to add <laughs> on to that. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you take what we just said, you, you, you maybe could claim Lacan is o- the only post-structuralist, mm-hmm. right? He's the only structuralist of the real or structuralist that adds the subject to it. Mm-hmm. So that's a interesting. But, but I think post-structuralism then, just to define it quickly— then means that the structure is so the structure is determinative for Cicero and for Levi Strauss. Mm-hmm. And then for these thinkers known as post structuralists, they're kind of like prints, they're the artists <laughs> right. formerly known as post structuralists. Uh, for these thinkers formerly known as post structuralists, they uh, they think that the structure is wobbly, mm-hmm. right? Or, or they it deconstructs itself or it. It's it has uh, it, it, it's it's rhizomatic, so it's not mm-hmm. every, everything is not square. It's not a whole, mm. right? And I think that's the that's the main contra- it's 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 populated by differences that it can't contain. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to put yeah, it. I think it's pretty good. I like that. I yeah. So I, I think what we uh, so what we want to do is to like for for one thing. I mean, just to, like this, this is a, like a banal kind of. It's a banal uh, observation here, but like in in the same way that uh, the uh, the poets who I was able to name uh, from the 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 Berkeley Renaissance understood themselves as being participating in a Berkeley Renaissance, not a San Francisco Renaissance. In the same way that like Virginia Woolf wouldn't have known herself as a modernist, she knew herself as being part of the Bloomsbury Group. You know, like like the, this right. this is, this is that like this like really really mundane point is that all the people who we're going to name that get put as post-structuralists did not know that's what they were doing. So it's named after the fact, which doesn't have... In fact, I think we should go as far as to say that zero of them ever used that term to refer to themselves. Yeah. Right? So that... That's pretty extreme, but okay. Yeah, ahead. no, no. The ter- and it's interesting because the 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 term emerges uh, from in 1975. I think it's the first time it's written down uh, in um, the Yale French Studies, uh, an issue of, of that, uh, which was like the deconstructionist uh, journal in the United States. And it, it it's one of those really interesting things where, like, in the reference that the OED has, uh, the first time the post-structuralism or post-structuralist is, is mentioned, it's like kind of a, it's assumed to have had a, a value uh, already as a, a like definitional value that like, so clearly it was a term knocking around in deconstructionist circles in the United States. And then it's written down as though it has this assumed worth. And I think like, we're going to, going to pick at that um, because it, it doesn't, it doesn't name. I guess we put it this way. It's it's a little it's a little princess bride, isn't it? Like you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Like, like yeah, I don't I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, right? it's, it it does not name what you yeah, think yeah, it names. Yeah. It's not like this doesn't have to yeah. like this doesn't have to be a problem. Uh, the, the the retroactive naming of a group of uh, artists or even art. Like I mean, I think like the great example. This was uh, this is your example is uh, film noir. Like really, really right. name name right. something in a group of films that were made under the studio system, Hollywood genre of the melodrama and like to, to name for French uh, film uh, writers, uh, you know, theorists and filmmakers to name these as film noir. Like it really does get at something in, in these, this group of films. And I I think what the book is, by the way, just quickly, the book is a panorama of American film noir. It's by this guy called Shamtone and board. And it's, it's quite good. It's quite good. It's like, it's, it remains one of the better books on film noir, which is stunning because usually books that are making it like an initial categorization, mm. they're, they're just, 
they're just they're catalogs. Right. It, right, it right. isn't a catalog. It's quite good. Anyway, sorry. Oh yeah, no. Just just to say that I think um, t- to put it in a sentence, our claim is like what post structuralism does is the opposite of what film noir does as a as a kind of either no matter where you where you fall like is it naming a genre a, a, a style or an aesthetics uh or is it naming a movement or i think our argument was like it names like a, a dialectical a kind of dialectics dialectical interrogation through film as form um post-structuralism would be like if those films were called film noirs and then later people rename them like re- regroup them into melodrama like it, it just it flattens out uh the the you the the naming doesn't really tell you anything or it it seems to it seems to tell you something but it obliterates a little bit of everything that is uh kept under that banner uh is uh is the issue so we're gonna uh we're gonna get into that uh now so so the the we named some of them already but like the the uh the keystones of the uh i don't want to say the keystone cops but i can't keep 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 it out of my head but um of the of the movement are we already named Lacan, um, uh, Derrida, Deleuze, um, Foucault, of Foucault. course, and uh, I mean Roland Barthes. Roland Barthes gets put in, uh, and I well. think Althusser, I think, is seen as a post structuralist Marxist. Yeah, that's that's true. I think that's I, I think that's pretty common. And then I think uh, French feminism is often grouped under post structuralism. So, Lucere Gray, Aline Sassou, and Julia Kristeva. Yes. So I think that I think that that. And may and oh and and Baudrillard I think probably fits and uh, Jean Francois Lyotard I think also fits so I think because Lyotard's rejection of the meta narrative seems to me in keeping with yeah. a certain post structuralist idea of of uh, how how meaning you know the, the, how truth what what truth is mm. for instance right so yeah those are the those are the principal players in the cast. Yes, and uh, and and we want to say they're not really in a play, or they're in a lot of different <laughs> plays. Yeah, right? they're in like a lot <laughs> that that are because part of the thing is, and this doesn't necessarily because, of course, you know, John Huston could have hated uh, Jacques Tourneur. I I don't know that that's true, <laughs> but these are two noir directors. Sure, uh, and and we would still say too bad. You're still you should, yeah. both noir directors, right? But but. Derrida and Foucault were were absolutely at odds with each other, mm-hmm. right? Like absolutely, and 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 I think also like uh, uh, Lacan with all of them yeah. is like an incredible split. So that's why I think that's why Slavoj wrote Sublime Object in large part was to make this cut mm-hmm. clearer. Uh, so I don't. I think. I think. The term is still bandied about today, but I think less, I think he, I don't know if what I want to say about that. I mean, I think he was somewhat successful in getting Lacan out of it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't think he was totally successful. And it's interesting when you see Lacan grouped with post-structuralism in say an anthology, yeah. it's absolutely certain which essay will be among yes. the essays Mirror in stage. there. And it will be the mirror stage essay because it's a, and I think this is the thing, if we're going to say, if there is some possible thing that unites these thinkers, mm. it isn't the slippage of the signifier, the sliding of meaning, although they all believe that. It's the critique of the subject. And people, I think, read the mirror stage essay, mm-hmm. wrongly, as a critique of subjectivity. Right. 
And that's why they stick it in there. And they say, oh, isn't this a post-structuralist? Because they're critical of the Cartesian subject. And that's what post-structuralism is. It's a critique of the Cartesian subject. And that's what differentiates it from structuralism. Mm-hmm. That's the, I think that's the, that would be one of the claims or the defenses that are behind the continued use of this abominable term. <laughs> Sorry. But no, no, it's, it's very, no, it's good. I mean, I, I think there is, um, so this is something, this is an area that we're, we're sort of circling around that, that is very important is like, how does, how does the subject articulate in the different theories be, uh, and, and for the different theorists and under uh, the different guises that they appear in the works grouped under post-structuralism because it'd be really easy to conclude the subject does not exist as, as uh, being a uh, orienting claim that cuts through everyone. And I don't think yeah. even, even of the thinkers that it would be easiest to say that about like, uh, like Deleuze, for example, I, I think that's, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you very much. It's not the, and we may come back to this uh, at different points. It doesn't say what film noir says as a, as a, as a grouping that brings together those films. It doesn't, it doesn't give you, it doesn't give you um, anywhere to, to move forward and it flattens a little bit or, or to a lot, uh, a great degree it, uh, about what people may be talking about. Mirror stage essay being like a really good one. It'd be really easy to read that. If, if that's your, that's the fragment that is the synecdoche, synecdoche for Lacan in an anthology. And again, that's like sort of where I started this conversation uh, or this genesis is that like, this is why there are anthology wars in poetry and you can read about them. Like, it's really interesting because the synecdoche that an anthology gives like has a, an incredible uh, influence and determination on who these people are and what this time is. It, it's like, you know, we, this was our argument about uh, Tenet, why we thought Tenet was such an interesting film is because it makes the point that it, the past is in negotiation. It, it's not the, not the future. Right. And that's what right. anthologies do, prove is that the past is in negotiation. And that's why there are problems and why people bring up issues. And this is why we're doing the, sort of the same thing here is because this retroactive grouping um calcifies uh, the, this, uh, this 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 clutch of of thinkers and it kind of subordinates all of them to each other so like what you would get with mirror stage which is always in the anthology for for lacan is like you could probably put this next to maybe coming after althusser and althusser talking about false consciousness right and yeah. then that that you don't the 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 editors of the of the collection, they don't have to make, they're not, no one has to make an argument. No one has to say this needs to be read, you know, in conjunction with Althusser, but just that placement of the one yeah. after the other, it, it makes a claim and it, and it, yeah. and it makes it seem like what Lacan is getting at in uh, mirror stage is that like when we go to the mirror and we look at ourselves, we're getting this inversion of our identities and it is, um, it, it's it's a it's a mask and a balm on 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 something and, and it, it, it smooths over whatever it is that we do not uh wish wish to see we get this like this false impression of of who we are and it seems like th- that what he is designating is a very mundane and everyday function that needs to be overturned so that we could get at something that is um to uh, to to you to, to deliberately use the term wrongly to get at something that is more real, um, 
And right. and and I th- I think that even even that rendering of Lacan that makes him sound a lot close. It makes him sound a lot like Deleuze. And and, it and, does. and Guattari, it does. you know, like and, and what they write in like a thousand plateaus about like the like the subject being this. You have you have the line. I don't know if you have it right in front of you, but like it, it's it's good to. I think this is a, is, a, is a is a good like orienting uh, claim, at least at least for for them and their part in the post structuralist thing. But like yeah, the, sub- yeah. so this the is, subject being a, like this absolute violence being done. Violence, to, right? Yeah. Right. So this is from Thousand Plateaus. They say. You will be organized. You will be an. Or- These are bad things for them. You will be an organized an organism. You will articulate your body. Otherwise, you're just depraved. You'll be a signifier and signified interpreter interpreted. Otherwise, you're just a deviant. You will be a subject nailed down as one. A subject of the enunciation recoiled into a subject of the statement. Otherwise, you're just a tramp. So, they're pretty clear, and and there's Lacan even. I mean, they would have. That's intentional Lacanian language, the subject of the enunciation yes. of the statement. Yes. Uh, so th- they're, they're very clear. And, and I think you could, you're right. You could, what if you had just read uh, mirror stage and then you go to that yes. and then you're like, well, wait, these, they do think the same thing. Yeah. They do. Right. They're kind of, they're on the same boat about this problem of the subject. And I, and then you read ideology and ideological state apparatuses by Althusser, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. These post-structuralists, they do have a common thing that they're on The subject is is a site of ideology, right? That would be the... Right. Subject is ideology. Yeah. Yeah. And it covers over... And then you read a little Derrida about structure, sign, and play, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm sure, what's anthologized, (laughs) right? Sure, yeah. Uh, And then you're like, and you know, and the structure, it's just playful and... The subject tries to t- t- tie down that playfulness, mm-hmm. and that's how ideology functions. And then you 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 got the post. And then I see what my political task is yes. is to like inter- re-inject playfulness sure. where there's seems like things are r- rigidified, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna break up the structures of signification. I'm gonna deconstruct them in whatever way I can. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's you know, and and try to tear down the subject. Right, so and that's the that that seems yeah. that seems to be the task. It seems the way to to um to group them, and so like well, I think, well, let's get at. I think starting with Derrida is is p- perhaps the most interesting because he's against structuralism, but if, uh, defined uh, well, I, mean, I don't know, defined in the in the probably the leotard way of the like as a like a meta narrative as just like as like a right like, as like a right. ca- a cache of assumptions. Uh, that yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't you think Derrida is just a phenomenologist? That's and what so, I was going to get to. Like, he's from from the position of phenomenology. Yeah, that's he's yeah, against those. Yeah, things. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. His 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 dissertations on Husserl. Mm-hmm. His first major books, uh, speech and or voice and phenomena, is on Husserl. I mean, he 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 he's a he's an internal critic of phenomenology. Yeah, yeah, and and so he's of course he's going to be against structuralism right because he's and so i think that look i'm not a i'm not going to stand on the street corner and try to convert people to derrida but i do think this term post-structuralism okay it was unfair to lacan but maybe it's been most unfair to derrida Mm. right because he he gets like the the way that he's engaging with that phenomenological tradition heidegger sartre beauvoir Merleau-Ponty, right, uh, up through Nietzsche. Like, the, that gets, I think that gets so 
pushed under the rug in mm. the reception of Derrida. And he becomes just this commentator on Saussure or this commentator on the history of Western metaphysics. And there's a striking thing about Derrida, I think, that if you read the essays where he's Again, I think his greatest book is, it was initially translated as Speech and Phenomena, but it's properly Voice and Phenomena. Mm-hmm. It's on who's, it's, it's, a, it's his, by far his best book. It's a great book. Uh, when he's staying within that tradition, mm-hmm. his critique is right. Because his, like, his point is, phenomenology has to assume a moment of pure presence after the, this, what is known as the phenomenological reduction, like that there was this moment where there was an immediate experience prior to any theorizing of it, et cetera. And he goes, that phenomenology relies on that. That doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's pretty great. But then he, he takes that idea and translates it out of phenomenology into his deconstruction of Hegel or mm-hmm. his deconstruction of Rousseau. So, so, and, and of course Hegel already understands that. Mm-hmm. So that, the, the, the Hegel critique gets, misplaced i think but i i think initially he's he's right on something and i i think he's much more friendly to subjectivity than these let's call them thinkers in the bergsian tradition mm-hmm. right bergson yeah. bergsonian tradition yeah we can get, a, uh, get a like deleuze and, yeah, 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 and sure. foucault yeah i think we should talk about it because it's kind of an interesting I mean, that's another way that post-structuralism is of like putting aside the violence to lacan and how he doesn't fit at all because he retains the subject. But mm. there are still these two wildly different approaches to experience, one coming from phenomenology and the other coming from Bergson, and they just get mushed. Mm. I was going to say married, but they're not married. They're just mushed together mm-hmm. under well, that concept of post-structuralism. Well, Todd, they're, uh, they're pre-divorced, but they're forced to uh, in- inhabit the same building, I think. Is, yes, is it's terrible. Happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, no, it's really interesting. Like, I think, so if you're scoring at home, I think what we would want to, like I, I think it might be nice to to do this because I, you and I both have an allergy to coming up with a new, like new terms. Like when like correct, you know. Correct. So if there if there is a way to uh, suffuse something we already say with just like a little bit more uh, character or precision or or uh, or import, that would be the that that would be the preference. So if you're scoring, well, Ryan, it, yeah, go ahead. You could always unpack your adjectives, right? Like yep. you don't have to. You know, you can rather than saying like. Yeah. Post existentialism, yeah. or new, you could say, yes. you know, Kierkegaardian existentialism. Or, sure, there you know. go. Okay. I so, don't know. No, no, no. So that's interesting. Well, so then I think isn't the simplest thing to do for Derrida, aren't we putting him in phenomenology? Is that, is that where you're going to yes, put him? Yes, I think okay. that has to be correct. Has to be correct. Okay. So that's where Derrida is. We've, we've, uh, we've successfully, uh, I think, extricated him from that. And if we wanted to be more specific, I mean, cause his phenomenology is, this is very important. It is not the phenomenology of uh, Hegel. I mean, as he makes very clear, um, absolutely not. Y- right. Yeah. It's, um, where, where the phenomenology of Hegel, I mean, this is part of why, uh, like this is part of why it's, it's a lot, it's just, it's so much easier to, to see him in the psychoanalytic, uh, yeah, but tradition. my my question right. for Hegel is why why give it such a misleading title? Yes, when phenomenology sure. was going to be this other. No, I'm just kidding. No, he didn't. He know, didn't yes. know that he, he had no idea what phenomenology was going to become. The, uh, because it is like it yeah. is the like the. I mean, that's where like I mean I, I know uh, 
I know you do too, as, 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 as I do that, like the phenomenology of mind, um, you know, wrong translation. Like, I mean, that does get at, at something it's, like, like, the, like, when it's he, not terrible. It's not yeah. terrible. It, it, it does, like it. And I'm not being, I'm trying not to be funny when I say this, it does get at the spirit of what, you know, what he's, what he's saying. It, it's the, the, um, the, the, the phenomenology part is just a lot closer. Does everyone understand that Ryan just spirit was a pun because mind is a translation of Geist, which is the German word for spirit, just in case people weren't. Thank you. Sorry. No, I'm no. Talk, th- I'm saying th- too much. Yes. Yeah. You made, so. now you made my joke unfunny. I should, you son of a bitch. I, unbelievable. <laughs> the, uh, I was trying to make, I was trying to allow people to laugh exposed to facto, but I guess <laughs> okay. you never do. No, it's pretty good. So. No, no. I mean, yeah. I appreciate that. So but the phenomenology, I think, isn't that like, this is what I, I think has come up in when we went through uh, our episodes on it is that he is articulating the unconscious. Like, you know, like, like the, his phenomenology, like that, the way he means Agreed. it. Agreed. Agreed. So much closer to how Freud will un- understand and, and, uh, and yes. unpack the, uh, the, the unconscious. Yes. So, which is now, if you understand that, you see how very different that is from Derrida and uh, Husserl in that tradition of phenomenology, where it is, it's a lot more uh, conscious, which is like completely, uh, Well, I mean, for, I mean, Husserl's very clear about that. And I mean, Derrida is interesting, right? Because he, he, he is indebted to Freud in another way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So he, he's probably the apex of that theory vis-a-vis psychoanalysis. Mm -hmm. But I do think you're, I mean, I think you're right that, I mean, Sartre is very clear in his rejection of psychoanalysis. I don't think Husserl ever mentions Freud, uh, at least early on, but, but, your your point is exactly right that that it's a phenomenology of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, and well, I mean, and you said like we're, like uh, Derrida being indebted to Freud, like the this where we will eventually do uh, probably a couple episodes on Derrida, but like the, just to to put a pin in it for now that like the deconstructive method, like you really can can read it coming from a, a very good understanding of uh, death drive as this like uh, inescapable capacity to to undermine oneself. I mean, that's what the deconstruction deconstructionist method is, is that like, how do these texts undermine themselves? The, the difference, the thing that, that, that breaks, well, that puts Derrida on a, on a different trajectory from, uh, Freud is that the, um, uh, just to put it simple right now, the, the value added of the drive is not a part of Derrida. Um, it's, it's that, that is, that, that isn't in the, in the method. It's this, um, it's this negative. It's a pure negativity. It's a pure negativity. Right? Yeah. 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 So uh, we will come back to that in a future episode. But that's, I think that's good we enough will. for now. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think it's, imp- so this is the other thing is that like, this isn't like a pedantic, uh, I don't know, experiment or, or, or exercise that, that we're doing. Like, let's put these like people in better boxes. But like the, the, I do think like following from the, like from the film noir example, like the, it would be really nice if the category told you something. And here, the the categorizing of post-structuralist, it does tell you something, but I mean, we're saying like it tells you wrongly. And it tells you wrongly. And to put Derrida into phenomenology, I think that tells you a lot better something about uh, yeah. about him. So I, do you want to... Agreed. And, yeah. and I think, uh, yeah, let's do, let's talk about Deleuze because again, I think they, they, they all seem... Ch- the question is like, who... Who is the secret master under that term post-structuralism? In mm-hmm. other words, who really is benefiting from it in a way that the others aren't? Because I, I think I'm going to 
want to claim, I mean, we talked about how Derrida suffers from it. Yeah. I think Deleuze suffers from it too, because it totally eliminates, you've said this to me a, a few days ago, you said, I think Berg, the Bergsonism book is the best yeah. book by Deleuze. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a really good, I think that's probably true or the Spinoza one ones. Uh, mm. Both are good. Uh, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that Bergson is the thinker he gets, he doesn't Deleuze-ize, right? He, he doesn't, <laughs> sure. he, he keeps, Bergson remains Bergson mm. under, under uh, Deleuze's eye. And I think that that's important, but I think that that Bergsonian dimension, if you bring Deleuze together, I mean, Deleuze and Derrida often sound alike because they'll talk about difference and they, you know, they use a lot of the same vocabulary, mm-hmm although I don't think Deleuze ever says trace or supplement, but yeah. uh, they both have a, they both have a, a, a Derrida less, but they have an, they have an allergy to the significant signifying structure, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they would put it as their, they find, they think representation is a trap mm-hmm. or for the German yes. is for stelling, right? Yeah. Like they think that that, they think that's a trap, and I think that's more true of Deleuze mm-hmm. than Derrida. But I, but in a way, maybe not, because Derrida's entire deconstructive effort is to try to find a way, even though he knows it's impossible, to get out of that trap. And if you can't get out of it, get some purchase on it. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. for Deleuze, it's definitely a trap, and it's it's one we can avoid. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's much more hopeful than Derrida in that way. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and and it's it is because I want to say the role of Henri Bergson in shaping Deleuze's thought and, 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 and allowing him to break from phenomenology in a way that Derrida never did. Mm. Right. So I think that's a really crucial thing. And, and, and if you don't, and, and if you just, if they're lumped together under the term post-structuralism, well, that's just, that distinction is just totally gone. Yeah. The, the vitalism of, uh, of, of Bergson crucial for, yes. for Deleuze. Yes. Like even, even, even De- I think I think this is what appeal. I think this is maybe the basis of the um, the Deleuzian appeal is that like he desi- he seems to designate an individual praxis, like like that that is a, and in like a, a an individual list as is the way I want to put it. Like it, it's in the the only way to accomplish it is to be really like to make sure you are radically separable from any kind of let's just use the word any kind of structure. Or, or grouping or organization, you know, to go back to the quote and the yeah. body without organs and all that, like you need to be like ripped from that because uh, if you're not, I suppose this is the, this is maybe the, like the exhaustion that, that I think eventually uh, gets at the, like you, you follow the Deleuzean thing to the end. Like there is an exhaustion of like having to, I mean, this is even in logic of sense, uh, like this like constant, uh, necessity of generating uh novelty and newness so that you don't get um brought into some kind of uh representation trap or just some sort of trap of being determined externally it's really it's really interesting because it's it's like um the big the big one of the big things here that we we haven't said yet but it's sort of like we'll come on to is that post-structuralism is basically defined by not including sartre and like he's he's not yeah. in the group he never gets put in 
the group of post-structuralists. Yeah. He is always yeah. something. So it's like we're going to include every French <laughs> thinker in the same period that Sartre was a titan of philosophy, and we're not going to include Sartre. So Sartre is doing another another thing. And it's on it's on this this point that I was just talking about with Deleuze, this like this kind of uh, this, this radical personal like individual praxis and not being grouped in to uh, something else, something external is really similar to what Sartre says about seriality that we covered, you know, several episodes ago in Critique of Dialectical Reason. It's very, very close. The only difference between them is that there is the the Marxist thread in Sartre where he does believe Sartre, under right. very specific conditions that a group can form that will be liberatory and emancipatory. And that is not in, it's certainly not in A Thousand Plateaus. It's not really in... Deleuze. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if you think differently. I don't think he, he thinks that. I think that it has to be at the level of the individual for him, uh, where, where any, no, any kind no, of freedom is possible. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I, but I would say, I think you're really onto something because I would say what defines one as a post-structuralist is that you hate Jean-Paul Sartre, <laughs> right? Like you, yeah, yeah. you define, I hate, I don't mean personally, no, no, although Maybe, maybe they all did. Maybe in some cases. I mean, cases. the only one that was kind of friendly to him, Foucault, they did a couple demonstrations together, but they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lacan, they had some kind of, their pictures been taken together, but I, I don't think, I think it was very hard for all of them because he was such an immense figure that hating him was a lot more theoretically fecund. Right? Like it's, would you call you know, him, like would, you call, would you call him the primal father of this, uh, of this horde? I think for, he was of this, yeah. of post-structuralism. Yeah. And so I, that makes it again, that never gets mentioned. Mm. And yet it seems utterly significant to understand the movement. If you can't understand what they're defining themselves against then, and, and how people who define them as a movement, why did, why didn't anyone ever think, Lacan certain, or sorry, that was a funny slip. <laughs> Sartre certainly isn't a structuralist. No. So why couldn't he be one of these post-structuralists? Yeah. Right. I mean, it doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. Like he, like in everything except he retains the idea of a subject. Yeah. Cartesian subject mm-hmm. in every way, but that he seems like what they call post-structuralist. So I, I don't know. I think that that's a. I think you're hitting on a really good point. That that's he's the. He's the originary repressed, yeah. right, the, the, or the primal fault, whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? That 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 structures the category, and that or the absence in know, the cafe, you, the primary nothing. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But once you see that, then the category itself, I think, tends to fall apart because it depends on this thing that it has to exclude. But it, mm-hmm. it, the only reason it's excluding is is contingent, yeah. right? Just because it needs to exclude it. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's really interesting too. Like even if we're gonna say that okay, so even if we're gonna hew to the the subject thing, like um that start believing in the subject and the subject being a problem at best, uh, for these other a deal killer. Yeah, yeah, a deal killer for these other other thinkers. Um it's a I mean this we, we did spend some time on this in the being a nothing uh being a nothing, being a nothing this episode. Um the pre reflective co- cogito. That's yeah. Sartre's thing. So he, it's not a, it's certainly not an embrace of of the of the Cartesian uh, subject. It's there is this, um, you, you know, th- I mean that that I I think it is this this influence of of of, of Kant, right? Like this this uh, this he doesn't call it a priori 
because yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so this, I think that's right. I think he's a con- I think Sartre's a con- Sartre's, Sartre's like something like a historical Kantian. Yeah, that's right? interesting. Yeah. So he like takes Hegel's historicity and mm-hmm. and imports that into Kant's philosophy. Yeah. And then that's how he works. I think that's. And then he's uh, he's and then somehow to... marries that with. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say he's closer to being like a Derridian phenomenologist. As well, I like think he. It, well, it, I was just going to say, yeah. I was just going to say that he, and yeah. then he marries that to Husserlian phenomenology. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's why he and Derrida are actually very, very close. Yeah, and, yeah. and but but there's another total anxiety of influence. You know, mm-hmm. Derrida wrote that article. It's in uh, Margins of Philosophy. It's called um, "The Ends of Man," I think, okay. and it's just a diatribe against Sartre, mm-hmm. diatribe, and then it includes. So Sartre translates. Heidegger's Dasein into what he calls human reality. And Derrida goes, I think I'm quoting correctly, he goes, a monstrous translation if ever there was one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a real, like, and, and I, I think that is another way that Sartre doesn't fit, right? Like humanism, existentialism is a humanism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a, and that's why I think you could call Heidegger a post-structuralist. And I think sure. the other dudes and women would be fine. Mm-hmm. Sartre, they wouldn't want him in the club. And I, I think it's because subject human, right? Like the mm. humanist dimension, the, the insistence on the subject. Heidegger doesn't have either one of those things. Mm. So I think he fits in. I mean, he's also a Nazi, so you it's maybe didn't Nazis. want him in the club. Uh, but, we'll, we'll, uh, well, but, but Paul DeMond, another Nazi, gets put in. That's right. Who was also, he fit yeah. in fine. Yeah. Right, right. And there's some other di- dicey things with other people too. I think like Bland Show and people that are anyway. Yeah. Uh, but we're not. Yeah, we're not. Talking we're not. About we're this not, time. not doing that right. kind of thing. So we for, will talk about it. We will. Yeah. yeah. For um, for Deleuze, though, I think just to like kind of to give the same uh, treatment uh, to, to yes. not to remove him from post-structuralism because it like I mean again this is the this is the thing we're doing is that like it doesn't like it, not only does it not explain or or name uh, well enough what the thinkers under its banner are doing, but it it, it does a disservice uh, to what they thought. Like, so would you, where where are we put, well, so where would you put Ber- uh, Bergson well, and would you put Deleuze there? Is that, is that? Yeah, I would do? put, I think Deleuze is a Bergsonian. Okay. And I think Bergson is someone who's trying to think the the absolute externality of time. Okay. Right. So he's trying to think. It's it's something like a phenomenology of our experience without mm. any subject or presence in the way. So mm. it's a, the experience is completely this experience of external differences okay. that come up and 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 impose themselves on us. Mm. Right. So that's why Deleuze can say. There's no negativity. There's only a bad encounter, right? right so it's, there's right. not this negativity of the subject that really. And, and of course, for Sartre, the yes. subject is a, a, a annihilating negativity. Yes, right. Like it's Direct just quote. however yeah. many negative words he can put together. Right, that's right. what it is. Yeah. Um, but for Deleuze, that's why Deleuze doesn't want the subject because you're just open to an encounter. Mm-hmm. And the encounter can be a bad encounter. Mm-hmm. And then you can, like, he doesn't think, Deleuze very famously thinks you you never die, no being ever dies on its own. Mm-hmm. It's always through 
a bad encounter. And that comes back to the vitalism that you were talking about, right? There's some intrinsic vitality of the being. And then the only way that gets sapped is if I have an b- encounter with a, a being whose vitality goes against mine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like a hyena encounters a lion, too bad for the hyena, but that's just a, d- a different vitality than mine, right? Or these, right. I wonder what he would say about, we're speaking in the immediate wake of the submersible oh, yeah. implosion. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think Deleuze would have to say the same thing there, right? Like it wasn't their own negativity as subjects that brought about their death, which is what, you know, anybody who read one word of psychoanalysis would say, would right? Said, yeah. It's an incredible kind of death drive. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just incredible. Great. And everything, and uh, more and more comes out about the guy, the CEO. Like every right, place. the guy was completely, you're right, right yeah. consumed with destroying himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to make it interesting, right? <laughs> I, I, mean, that's the <laughs> I think that's, that's the basic rule, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know what? I think it is the rule. You know, I think it is the rule. I was just, someone in the, in the, in the past two weeks since our last episode, mm-hmm. I've been more, I don't know, attuned to the finitude of our existence, sure, obviously, for Mari's thing. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I, somebody jumped, there's a horseshoe, you and I have talked about this, horseshoe skywalk, not a skyway, let's be right. clear. <laughs> not a skyway. Uh, you know, over the... Over the great, that's a, our replacements reference, uh, over the Grand Canyon. And somebody went and thought it'd be a good idea to jump off the skyway and fell 4,000 feet to their death. And I thought, who in the hell would build a skyway out over the Grand Canyon when it seems to just invite people to do that? And then I thought, I think it takes a lot for people not to, people like to make it interesting, mm. I think. Mm. You know? People like to make it interesting. And they, I think it takes a lot sometimes for people not to... To not make to, it interesting? To not... Well, or to not jump. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... I used to work at a... Uh, I used to work as a janitor at a place when I was an undergrad, or I forget when, but... Uh, and we we would... We had to clean the roof of this building. Mm. And it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't tall. It was like three or four stories. But, you know... He fell. It would ruin your whole day, as my dad would say. <laughs> so we'd go up, we'd go up at the top. We'd get to have a couple beers because, you know, we're cleaning at night. And mm-hmm. So nobody cared. And, and we'd see how much of our foot we could put off the edge. Oh, you know, until, okay. Okay. Which is totally now I'm, you know, I, I, even then I was terrified of heights. But uh, anyway, I just think like that's, that's for Deleuze, that cannot be self-destructive yeah right? like that's like even that that fall would be an encounter it would just would be a bad encounter when you hit the ground you'd be encountering some other positive uh positive difference yeah and it would just have it if the effect on you would be a bad encounter and i i just it's fascinating i mean we've we did three episodes on Deleuze. Mm-hmm. we don't have to, i don't even want to criticize this i just want to say that is not captured by the term post-structuralism. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and marrying that with Derrida, it's just like, just you can see the way we just talked about Derrida. It really, it has nothing to do with what Deleuze is yeah. doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Even, I mean, even if you, even if you did, um, you, you said uh, he's an experiential philosopher in the same way that you would say, or, or you said he's a philosopher of difference in the same way that you'd say Baju is a philosopher of the event. Um, right. I, like, I mean, I think that's better. Than post-structuralist, but but then 
the difference thing, even the philosopher of difference thing, I, I, like I just, I mean, in my, in my reading, I mean, I, I just think the, the Bergsonian thing is just so primary and, uh, and, and, and I, to not, again, not make a pun, but of course to make a pun, it's so vital for him. For, uh, for the right. that, that don't you think, you think about him? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And don't you think that for for Derrida, the difference comes from repetition? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, so there's right. something, yeah. there's something just, just like horrible about seeing them as linked together because, yeah. because Deleuze would never say that forestelling or representation or signification was the source of what's what what is difference. Mm-hmm. That, that would just be, that would, that, 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 that's the thing that, that, that occludes difference, that, that caps it, that, that mm-hmm. marries it to something else, that, that is the reign of the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that for Derrida, there's no difference outside of signification. Right? Yeah. No, I think. So, so there's just, no, there's yeah. no, I, I, as we talk more, I think Slavoj should have written a book on on Deleuze and why Deleuze can't be called a post structure. Right, right, not just why Lacan can't be included. Because, of course, yeah. like, and if we uh, perhaps alighted this point earlier, it's just because, you know, we talk about Lacan more often, but, like, the uh, the subject and, sub- and subjectivity is so crucial to, uh, to everything uh, that Lacan thinks. He is, I mean... The, the the different I mean and then this is again this is the the thing that like if you include you put Lacan and Derrida and Deleuze in the same group well like one of them believes quite strongly in unconscious and the other the other two don't and and it, that's also a thing where if you were going to put Sartre in here on the basis of well t- taking a, taking out his like attacks on uh, on oppressive structures like what he re- refers to as seriality, but you have to take him out because of what he thinks of um, as a subject. Then, like, well, Lacan certainly has to be excluded as well, doesn't he? Just for the same reason. For the same reason, right. um, and it, but for different reasons because, as we know, Sartre doesn't believe in an unconscious. But it's the like the it, you know for um, for Lacan and in bringing. Uh, and uh, but but then you have this overlapping thing, right? Where like, who, what, which two in this group are more attendant to death drive than Derrida and uh, Lacan? But to completely different ends, you know, like right. like like taking right. this idea. I mean, it seems, I don't know, like it doesn't seem so radical now because of where we're at with um, thinking on Freud. But like this, this was, I mean, this is why anytime Lacan gets anthologized, the like the. I don't know. No, 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 no more than the seventh sentence is about his return to Freud, like in quotation marks and being about paying closer attention to the drive. Like that's like, that's always there. And that isn't wrong to say either. I mean, he did a whole lot of other stuff as we've chronicled, yeah. but like that's, that is uh, very important to the way that he thinks subjectivity uh, as the, and the, the, the drive singular, there was only drive. He, d- he didn't, do this like you know there's a drive for this well since there's a death drive there must be a life drive and there must be a drive for you know right like right. this there must be a compulsion for this and a compulsion for that there's what is the marxist line a, a demand for every product a product for every demand like that, 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 <laughs> like like there's not a like a, dr- a drive for every desire a desire for every like he doesn't do that like it, it's it's right you know that the singularity it's in position of the unconscious, I think, right. Where he says yeah. there's only one drive. It is the death drive. Right. I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's very important. And, uh, 
for for Lacan, and again, like that should that the most minimally produces friction in this in this group. Like again, if they're all yeah. if they're all if they're all uh, if they're all in a um, uh, part of a condo board, like a housing authority, like this would this would certainly get him thrown out. Uh, you would expect, uh, right? So that, but 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 right, but we've pointed out they all should be thrown out. They all well, exactly. so it's a it's, right. it's a term that doesn't apply to any. I wonder. I think one of the things we should do we should go through Foucault. Oh yeah, and then I sure. think one of the things we should try to do is say actually the term sucks, but who does it fit best or, yeah. or better? Who benefit? Who has benefited most mm-hmm. from the burgeoning of this term? Mm-hmm. A term still in use. Yeah. A term still in use. I mean, I, I want to say its use has faded, but I don't know. We we were just looking through some anthologies of theory, and they still seem to be fetishistically attached to it. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Well, because what, like, this happened in 1975, and it's like, it's the same thing as San Francisco Renaissance. I named what the problem was, but that's still what everyone calls it. So, like, it's, yeah. it's just one of those yeah. things. Like, like, once it gets, once the marker is set down, very hard to overturn. It's like the, um, you know, the, uh, this, this change when I was in, when I was an undergrad, there was the, there was the, this beginning of this shift to not call the Renaissance, the Renaissance, because that's really cruel to the middle ages. Cause it, cause what's the Renaissance, the Renaissance of, well, the classical period. So what is saying the Renaissance imply? It implies that for like 1100 years, like nothing happened. And nobody thought anything. <laughs> and it's like, and you can see this in things too, like like things people say about like, you know, even some of like the philosophers that we that, that we talk about or, or or about like the enlightenment. It's like there's a lot of things, of course, like the the conception of the of the subject and consciousness is very different, but like the if you read you read Canterbury Tales, like the everyone in the general prologue of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales, everybody is is uh, a line is is lined up by their class position. And who they are within that class, and then their tale is about relating to themselves and their class position. <laughs> like, like that—that's yeah. that's that entire book. I mean, there's, uh, you know, we have like Erasmus and Thomas More, like our, uh, and uh, the John of Salisbury, the Body Social. Like, the, so there's like a lot of like like initial things about like like the 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 idea of like group consciousness and how to think of oneself as oneself and also being a part of a group like that's all there but then again then you say renaissance it's like everyone was just uh it's like the 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 bit in monty python and the holy grail where terry jones says to michael palin's character like oh there's some lovely filth over here and it's just digging in mud like that's all anyone was doing for 1100 years so and, and so now there's been this attempt i don't know how successful it's been i've been in a history class uh in like a, a to undergrad. rename it yeah, but the temp, well, at least when I was an undergrad, it was early modern. That's what the, that's the, okay. to call um, the Renaissance. But like, I almost think that doesn't avoid the problem because doesn't, doesn't I, I know. <laughs> I, isn't it the, it isn't the, is the universal problem of euphemisms? Yeah, yeah. Is that they always continue to say the thing that we mean at, meant as an insult, yeah. except they do it in the guy in nicer ways. Yeah, right. And so it just, it doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't really help so much. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I was thinking it's of all the things I was thinking. I was thinking of this. It's a nice little movie. I don't like him as an actor, but it's a Matt Damon movie okay. called The Adjustment Bureau. Oh yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. Know this? It's not a bad film. Yeah, based Philip K. Dick, San yeah. Francisco Renaissance. Yeah, I know, yeah, uh, which is probably why it's good. But also, it has Emily Blunt, who's that's you know very good, phenomenal actor. Uh, and 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 
they show him like a map of human history when, and he's like, this is when we let you guys take control. Mm-hmm. And this was the, the, it shows them a period of the dark ages. He goes, <laughs> and this is when we took back control and it's yeah. like a re- Renaissance enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. So yep. you're like, so I think it even, even that idea so has seeped out into, into popular culture. I mean, that's high popular culture, yeah. but nonetheless, nonetheless popular culture. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I think, I think that's, I think you're right. And I think that the, you know, that's why this is probably a fool's errand, right? right. Like it's probably a fool's errand on our part. I mean, we, we're just, a, you know, the lowly, two lowly podcasters, but we're <laughs> trying to, we, we are trying to like help to change the way that this term is used, hopefully by making it not used. I mean, that's the goal. But of course, as you're saying, like it's hard to, it's hard to, overturn. it's hard to, even, even if it was, it, same, it's hard to change the direction of the Titanic. Isn't it? I mean, that's point. the point, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, I think that maybe the best we could do is put it in quotation marks. Like if that's what everyone did, you know, you know, I it, almost was, you know, Slavoj does that in, in sublime object. Okay. And I was almost going to do that for this episode, but I, I, you know, this, I know you can't, do I, it. I, you can't, I hate the square quotes more than anything. And yeah. you know what happened to me? I had a, I had a, uh, a teacher my first year in undergrad mm-hmm. and I had the, all these things in scare quotes and mm-hmm. he just re- circles them. He's like, what does this mean? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I kind of don't mean the." W-. He's like, whatever you think it means, write that out in your text because <laughs> no one knows. And so <laughs> that really made an impression really, on me. No. I really, I loved the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can see But that. I took up his, I took up his, Absolute stricture. And That's now interesting. If I see them, I would I would even go so far as to say to if I got a thing for review and it had a ton of scare quotes in it, I would send it back just on that. Just on that basis, alone. not reject, but I mean, you know, revise yeah. and resubmit just for that because mm. I think it's just ridiculous. Okay, so Michel Foucault. Um, it's it, the, so the, can I can I start can I start on this? Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because one thing we, we haven't exactly said is like I mean, post does imply to some degree, anti, right? Anti. So right. post-structuralism being like opposed to structure. It's, I think it's no, no matter what, whether you're, you're in, in love with the uh, Foucault or you're on the opposite side of that, or, you know, like whether, um, what is it? What's that? I, 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 I like this, even though it's really apocryphal, like it turns out the, what is it? The St. Foucault, you know, that book by, uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Halperin. It's or, by Macy. Oh, okay. Or maybe you're right. So you're probably right. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it's Macy's the other one. I don't know. Okay. A couple of them were written. Oh, maybe it's by, no, the lives, David. Miller wrote the lives of Michel Foucault. Oh, the I don't lives. Know yeah, yeah, Foucault. yeah. So um, I think, I, yeah. I think it's Halpern. I may have gotten the first name wrong. Anyway. I, I, I think you're right. It's Halpern. Yeah. Halpern. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, so whether you're, you're St. Foucault or you're, I, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> you're, um, what's his name? Who, um, who writes in the New York Times, the uh, Ross uh, Duthat, who, who can't understand why Foucault is still important to liberals. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for all these different reasons, like whether you're, doesn't matter where you are. Um, I find it personally difficult to separate Foucault from a radical concern with not just not taking apart structure, but really manifesting them. Like, like right. that, that is his, his whole, thing so that so i don't know for him that i would do the full scare quotes on post-structuralism but i'd put it around post is, is what i would do like because right I, he isn't he just a structuralist yes 
Yes, he's, he's just, just a structuralist, he's a structuralist who finds who who finds structure like oppressive. Like, you know, so it, I, I don't know. And right. so then that's the thing that to go back to the beginning of this episode, I like what does he though? Well, well I'll get to that in a second. But what what um okay, what uh, so sure and um and I, I get maybe to a lesser extent Levi Strauss, but like the the idea. So they, they get to be like, oh, well, that's who everyone's against because this is structural linguistics and this is like cultural anthropology. These people are like they're manifesting structures and then this is a reaction against it and like toward a no subject and, and, and toward like no uh, no structure. But like what Sashore and Levi Strauss are doing is like they're from coming from this position of like, look, we have all this all these assumptions about what language means and about how like culture develops and like, the, like what they're, we're going to do is try to overturn and push back against those assumptions. So like, anyway, so I, so I think this, um, there is this like implicit argument that like what, like that, what Levi Strauss and Sashur designated are these like fields of, uh, of, of, of oppressive structure. That's what, I, that's what I think is, is maybe as we've had this conversation is I think maybe the biggest problem is that like, is that sort of implication that like retroactively th- these structures were discovered particularly by these two guys. And then we're now in this position where we need to reject and push back on it uh, completely because okay. it invades on us, on us totally. Yes. I, I hear, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. For one thing, though, I'm I'm so glad that Levi Strauss left his parents' blue jean manufacturing business at such a young age and got into the, you know, went on these anthropological trips. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any of that. Mm. Um, it's just a joke. There's no relation <laughs> at all. Sorry. No, it's okay. You got me on that one. That uh, was... Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought, I was but, like, there's no way but, this is true, but I don't, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, no, it was just a stupid joke. Um, but but you know, uh, he was very critical of the structures himself. I think so. Sure, yeah. that's right. He's not necessarily right. Well, but Levi Strauss, my God, like, yeah. not he wasn't sanguine at all. He's yeah. like he, he wrote books on like culture and racism, yeah. and he and he he really. So I again, I think it's not fair to the structuralists yeah. that post-structuralists are the ones that are critical of the structure, you right. know? Yes. I don't think that's fair. And I also think Foucault, I think you're right. Like to put the post surateur as Derrida would say, or <laughs> under erasure. Yeah. Uh, uh, because I think he's just a structuralist, right? Like he's a, Oh, now it is true that there is some kind of difference between Foucault and Saussure, right? Of because, course. Okay, you said one thing that he thinks the structure is oppressive. Mm-hmm. Sasur thinks it's creates meaning, right? Yeah, there's nothing yeah. oppressive about it. Yeah, no, there's not a political uh, valence so in what he's. It's not a political valence, yeah. right? So there's that. But Foucault, the, the other thing is that Foucault also sees the possibility of some diachronic change. Mm-hmm. So Sasur, one of the most important critiques of him was that this by Marxists that he. His, even if his synchronic analysis was right, it could never explain any diachronic. That is, mm. it's synchronically tr- true at a certain time, but then it can't, if it's, it can't have any diachronic applicability, means it can't explain historical ch- changes in time. That's mm. what, and it can't. Like, Sassur has no theory of like, oh, why do, why did we get rid of this signifier and add this one or mm. what, you know, that just doesn't, he doesn't think of that. Now, Foucault, 
there, there is a, it's weird because he certainly is chronicling different historical epochs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, he calls himself but, an archaeologist. That's, that's also very He does important. call himself an archaeologist. Not a philosopher. But uh, there, anyway, yes. Yeah. Right. But isn't it interesting that Foucault kind of chronicles different synchronic periods yeah. that don't, that there's no theory. This is Joan Kopchak's critique of him mm-hmm. in Read My Desire, Orthopsychic Subject mm-hmm. is the chapter. Uh, that there's no theory for how one gets into the other. Yeah. Right? right. Like, like we went from age of representation to the age of the human. Mm-hmm. What caused that? Why did that happen? No theory of that. No theory of that. Yeah. Because he's basically a structuralist, synchronic thinker who thinks in terms of different historical epochs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's. I think I said I said this to you that like for you the what so what changes so like is uh, culture, and and like that 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 has to be the the answer that there is this there is a there is a, a cultural change that instantiates. Uh, this another structure but he doesn't like as you're saying like the well you're saying from Joan the this theory of the interstitial of like it would be it'd be really easy to say like there's some contradiction in each epic you know we even said we said this about Bajou like that it'd be it would from a a Galian reading like you could say like there's some contradiction in each epic and as time goes on it's not you know there's not a clock you know, that that's counting down, but like there is an inevitability where that contradiction will come to exactly dominate. Well, that will be all that, it, that, 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 uh, I don't know if, what word you want to use consumes or, 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 or whatever the, the, the society, whatever. And, and, and then that yeah. leads to whatever the next iteration is. And, and so, yeah. or, and the, or for Foucault would be the next epoch, you know, it would like the next era or again for Baju, it would be like, that's the next situation. That next situation has within it, some kernel of contradiction that will lead to an event, right? Like that, but, but you doesn't think that and Foucault doesn't think that. So like those, those, those things aren't in there. And, and, uh, so it's it, and, and you can see, like, I mean, this is uh, even people, it's really funny. Like, like, uh, Foucault always, always in the post-structuralist under the post-structuralist banner. And like anyone who's a Foucaultian would say that like they, they, you know, refer to his, that his work is really valuable to them to uncover structures of power. And so like, right. just, just because that's a, a negative evaluation of the structure, I, I, w- w- you know, I don't know. I, I don't know that that makes him not a structuralist, you know, like that, that's, that's right. And in, in the same, and again, it also doesn't put his project in step with the other people who we, you know, singled out to, to talk again, about. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like just those three, Let's bracket Lacan just because we think it's absurd for him to be grouped here. But, mm. um, uh, but no, even Lacan, like the, they each have their own. Like Lacan is a dialectical thinker of subjectivity and structure. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Derrida is a internal critic of phenomenology. Mm-hmm. Okay, Deleuze is a Bergsonian thinking vitalist thinking about the emergence of difference. Right, mm-hmm. and then Foucault is a structuralist trying to assess how structures of power operate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just no, there's just not enough continuity yeah. within those lines of thought, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I would say that 
if you look at feminism, like the, especially what we call French feminism, mm-hmm. so maybe Irgaray and Lucie Irgaray and Hélène Sassou, like they, you might say that there's the link to Derrida there. Like they could, there could be a bond, I, I would say, mm-hmm. because they're not so concerned with structures of power. They're more concerned with how a certain signifier gets put in the position, female signifier gets put in the position of the supplement or the yeah. or the other side of the binary, right? So I think it seems like to me, although th- even then, like there's, Sassou was very close to Derrida, uh, Irgaray was at one time close to Lacan. Even then, there's probably still too much internal noise, I guess, for there to, for well, this term to but, but have the- any have any purchase catch yeah catch yeah have is, any purchase isn't yeah. the what, what's interesting about um both both um Irigare and i mean i think Sixu um as well here is in that and i think you're right to to get at like the signifier for where like woman is signifier female is signifier uh getting put into these structures it's but you would say that like aren't aren't they against um just to go back a couple minutes ago aren't they against how Sashore is just not political in the way that he's theorizing this. Like, yeah. and, and I, like, I think that would be the, like, that would be the, the thing. Like, like that's the, that's the, that's the extension um, where. Would, I mean, that's ultimately your Gray's critique of Lacan. Too. Yeah. 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 No, right? yeah, definitely. Th- that, that he doesn't see the way in which there's an alternative to the dominance of the phallus within the signifying order. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that, you know, these, these lips are two, right? Like this, this yeah. idea of a two-ness, not a oneness. And, right, right. and there, then you have difference within, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I, 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 it seems like that, 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 that does fit with that. If that's what it meant. You see, know, that's the I, interesting thing. Like if that, if that's what, if structuralism meant, so you would take even Levi Strauss out of this. If structuralism meant like, you know, linguistic, like a non, like an, an attempted either through, uh, either consciously or, or we all even throw on, I'll throw unconscious out here, like either intentionally or unintentionally, but a, yeah. a, like a non or a political attempt to catalog existing, uh, social, uh, linguistic and cultural structures. Then that's what structuralism meant, but it doesn't mean that. But if that's what everyone was clear, that's what structuralism meant. Then you yeah. could look you could look at Derrida, you could like Foucault and Irigaray, like as you're saying, and put and put that, then do post-structuralism that way. Then which post-structuralism is, which makes is sense. A, a politicizing right. of of, of right. structures and right. and and taking apart their um like the the assumption that we have of their um of their surety, which is like I mean that I mean that's what that's Leotard's point with the no meta narratives right. is, is, is that there's not right. I mean he's almost right. making he's almost making a Lacanian he's almost saying. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I've said this before that there is no big other, as in like there is no external guarantee to right. you know any kind of uh, cultural right. narrative. I mean that, that that's that I think the most um, yeah. I think it's the most useful way of of, of understanding that, that that idea from him. Generous, it, well, generous. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you saying uh, that. Yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but I I would just I I think that's right, and I I would just say that the 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 what has to be written out of that form of structuralism is of course Levi Strauss and the yeah. and the incredible yeah. 
politicization that he already did through through his structural analysis. And delusion, so, as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that I think that that and and I think that again underlines why this the term post structuralism. I mean, I think the per- term structuralism makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Like, like, isn't there? Obviously, there. I was just thinking about this. There's, there's whatever happens in analytic, like linguistic turn in the 20th century. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, logical positivism, big thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's basically. Uh, maybe it's a three-sided stru- struggle, right? Between, on the one hand, phenomenology, mm-hmm. uh, on the one hand, structuralism, mm-hmm. and they're they're just at odds with each other. And then some, and I'm going to put, Del- I'm going to do what we just said we should do. I'm going to put Deleuze <laughs> and Bergson right, okay. on the side of phenomenology. Uh, <laughs> and then there's something like dialectics, right? Yeah. Which I I don't know. Is that on the side of, I think it's more on the side of structuralism, but it's a different kind of structuralism. You were right? just thinking like of this. One you that... just reinvented my triangle, Todd. <laughs> my uh, oh, my, my, I, good. My bi- I didn't mean to. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the binary multiplicity uh, dialectics that uh, from yeah, yeah, way back. yeah. No, yeah. but yeah, no. I think that's I think that's right. I think that's right. Like in that, that, that I think that's helpful to like kind of fill that in, right? Like, Although I think there know. are more, right? Like yeah. I don't think Marxism necessarily in the 20th century was dialectical and yet yeah. it's one of the major movements. And just like, I don't know what I would call logical positivism, mm. right? And it, it's a major, major movement of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. So I don't, but I do think that, I do think something kind of, I do, I want to just end with this because I think something really nefarious happens when you misname something. Mm, like nice. I think that nice I don't think it's just I don't think it's just like, oh, we could use a different name, but we use this name. Because I think the name, especially this name, because it's mm. full of it's not just contingent, it's full of signifying parts to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh I think it really first of all, I think the the worst thing that it does is that it confuses the differences in the thinkers and especially obviously closest to our heart is the way that it confuses people about Lacan and makes them think that the mirror sage is the most important part of his thought when it's the least. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it, but it also, if you want to be a Delizian or if you want to be a Foucauldian, I mean, if you want to be, if you think that Deleuze and Foucault are aligned and okay, you read the preface that Foucault writes to anti-Oedipus, you're like, Oh, they're really aligned. Read Deleuze's book on Foucault. And you're like, wait a minute, there's no, they're just totally disparate mm. because he doesn't really get it at all. Mm. He doesn't get the project. He he's, it's the most uninteresting book that he ever wrote. So why is that? Because it just was the project was too disparate from his. Mm-hmm. It was structuralist. And, 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 and Deleuze is the great anti-structuralist. Right, right. So, you know, for one, for one post-structuralist meant I'm keeping on the structuralist tradition, and the other meant... I'm an anti-structuralist, so that you can't use the same word for that. Yeah, it's interesting. Don't don't you think also? I, I uh, it took me the whole episode to 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 think this that even the like the in the naming itself, what it does with I mean this is how we try to play out what it does to all these thinkers and the different projects and it's this kind of um, I don't know the flattening generality of it uh, of uh, collocating everybody together it kind of proves Sashur's point 
about uh signification doesn't it like it it, it actually yeah. It, yeah. It, it it um it, it in the naming it, re- it refuses the um the like the thinkers that are that are under it and what they what their projects are uh vis-a-vis the signifier so I think it's such a great point it has no relation to the object right right? (laughs) that signifier has no relation to the object yeah yeah (laughs) such a great point all right you said it what's the lesson today uh it's princess bride yeah yeah (laughs) I i can't believe we've never said watch princess bride although you do understand we're on a little dicey territory okay let's hear why is that Okay, so first of all, the line is, the guy, what is he? Uh, inconceivable. Uh, you keep using that word. Right. But who's, what's the guy? Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn keeps saying inconceivable, inconceivable. And then and then Mandy Potemkin says, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. So uh, that's what we're saying about post-structuralism. But do you know who can quote Princess Bride <laughs> I from do. beginning I do. to end? You do know the answer to this. I do, yes. yeah. The, um, the Zodiac Killer himself, Ted Cruz. <laughs> So I, I do want to say that the cast of the film came together and said, you don't understand anything about the film if you hold the <laughs> positions you hold, which I thought was pretty great. But uh, yeah, so we, we have, but I do, I do heartily recommend the film. Heartily recommend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.